Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. As they say, actions have consequences. And in this case, the continued fallout as Americans make a once-in-a-lifetime shift in attitudes towards work and family are leading the charge. For many, the move to working from home seems permanent. And as a result, many a downtown core is devoid of that lifeblood of the economy. The office workers who are also consumers. Think restaurants. Think coffee shops. Think cleaners. Think a whole host of other businesses that support the army of consumers that work in an office building in a downtown core every day, or at least they used to prior to the pandemic. And all the small businesses that counted on that crowd. Now, take a step back. Let's talk about the cities and the metro uh, commuter uh, transportation systems that were also built and geared and optimized for this influx of workers during the day to take them home at night. It also has an impact for them too. And as a result, Wall Street investors are betting against America's downtowns. What do I mean? Investors are paying less for bonds linked to New York subways and buses. This is from Wall Street Journal. Downtown-focused real estate investment trusts trade at less than half of their pre-pandemic levels. And there's a reason for that. Some of these companies have gone broke. Some of them have missed bond payments. All those fancy office buildings that got built with debt. Bonds over 30, 40 years paying like clockwork. Suddenly, with rents going begging and the fact that depending on your city could be anywhere from 14 to 50% vacancy rates right now in office buildings. And no major city in the United States is immune. And that's from Des Moines to San Francisco. Nobody's immune. Everybody's experienced that. So what does that mean? Well, if you are an owner of a major office building and you're seeing falling rents and you're getting squeezed between the bond you owe and the rent you're not getting, what's the next step you take? You may take it up with the city appraiser saying or assessor saying, you know, this tax bill, uh, which is roughly for each community, roughly about 10% of their tax base. I need you to revisit that because I'm not making the rents and my building is not worth what you appraised at praised it at prior to the pandemic. So what does that mean? Well, with this increasing flurry of office buildings, getting city and county assessors to reassess building values, that affects potential tax receipts because a lower evaluation means less money in taxes. What does that mean? Well, if you're living in the city, it means that your municipality it has less money coming in as a result of the pandemic. And if you are an older city, a poorer city to begin with, you are already dealing with budget shortfalls and budget challenges over infrastructure and other services to provide that you're still recovering from the pandemic. Here in Des Moines, a bunch of homeowners took on county and city assessors uh, as a result of the pandemic when they tried to raise the rights as raising their appraised values and a number of people took them to task and they got adjusted downward. In the real world, that could cause a spending gap between revenue and income. 
And if you're a city that's borrowed money for infrastructure, like most have for sewers and uh, streets and uh, transportation, you may have a problem with your bondholders because your bondholders are going to take a look at it and say, well, in the, let's use New York as an example. New York City. New York City, to support its transportation infrastructure, subways, buses, et cetera, et cetera, has borrowed money to support the infrastructure, backed by the amount of fares at the fare box that they were taking in. And for many years, that worked. Made sense. You had people coming into the city to go to work. Um, you know, you had a steady, predictable stream of revenue that you could count on, that you could borrow against in bonds and do what you needed to do till now. Now you don't. Are you in? So the bondholders say, well, I'm holding these bonds. I might want to sell them, but I can't get what they would have been worth because people want to factor in risk. <laughs> There's that word risk, the risk of default that I don't want to own for another 25 years, a bond I bought five years ago when I thought the city and the transportation system was robust. Now there's a question of whether or not they'll ever get anywhere close to the level of fair income they were getting prior to the pandemic. If they don't, then it could be a problem with keeping up the system, much less paying me back the bondholder. So since I've got this problem, if you want me to buy these bonds, I'm not going to buy them what they were worth three years ago, I'm going to offer you less money because I need to factor in. I want a higher interest rate to reflect the additional risk that I am taking on holding these bonds because they could default. I'm not saying that they would, but less, less income certainly doesn't bode well. Now, multiply that across the United States for water treatment, sewerage, fire, police, all the basic necessities that a city does in providing it for its residents. I want that to sink in for a minute. Now, there are some t cities and towns that will probably win as a result of this shift to home. And that's the folks living in suburbia or where the people are moving to, which is out of the cities. As people stay home and these need for services, the need for home offices and people remodel their homes, the value of those homes go up. The tax rate, the tax base grows. The demand for homes that have a home office go up. If you're a, sub a suburb of these cities, you might be in better shape than the city itself. But what does that mean? Do you want everybody coming to your city? Probably not. But it has all kinds of ramifications that you might not have considered before. We are still feeling the impact of what is going on as a result of the pandemic and all the changes that it wrought. Now, honestly, some of these changes had been years in the making and all the pandemic did was crunch the time frame. But with the increase in technology, the growth of things like Zoom and other video conferencing platforms, things like that, plus people taking a hard look at their lives and go, you know what? The crunch to go into the city, work an eight hour job and come back isn't worth it when I can be home to be with my kids, work a job where I've got more flexibility and a higher quality of life. That spelled less stress. And as a result, people who can make the move will make the move. The problem is the people who can't make the move, the essential workers, the people who got to run the trains and clean the streets and remove the trash, they're the ones going to be left. Unfortunately, they don't live 
in the expensive part of town where the tax base is higher. So they're the ones that may feel the brunt of a changing tax base in a larger city. And we don't know what that's going to turn out to be just yet. So we got that coming. So, yeah, we're still feeling the impact of the pandemic in ways that we could only imagine and have not imagined. Right now, it's the full faith and credit of these cities and towns. This brings me to the end of our program. Be sure to join me again next time. This has been the Tech Mobility Show. The Tech Mobility Show is a copywritten production of Tech Mobility Productions Incorporated. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Tech Mobility Productions Incorporated. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Ken Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. These days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out and be sure to follow us. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information.